Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The 392nd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Howdy, howdy, Jen Reynolds. Welcome to episode 392 of the MMA Gambling Podcast. As we continue our march towards episode 400, even though nothing special is going to happen on that. But hey, who knows? Maybe it will. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. This one, this sent it out to Cameron Smotherman. Not only does he have an amazing name, but I'm about to watch an amazing knockout by him. I have a feeling if he uh, if he acts this way on the Contender Series, may, this may not be the first episode that, that we dedicate to him. So um thanks for coming to the show this is not a contender series episode but very soon two more episodes and we'll be previewing the first week of dana white's contender series so um that will be on sunday but today is thursday and we have to break down the second half of the ufc and espn card that we haven't uh haven't talked about yet this would be the main portion of the card and we're at the end of the episode we're going to give you our locks our dogs our props and our parlay so do not click off until I, I tell you to, and we say goodbye. Um, I have some help, of course, with me. Breaking down the fights is one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Pretty soon, he will be the Gumby God once again. It's almost that time. You know, I almost forgot on our last episode. Actually, I did forget yep. on our last episode to mention we have a contest now uh, for Contender Series. It's up on Plus, you the didn't X. mention it to me at all. So yeah, I didn't I mention it to you it. at all because uh, I did it he back. He does through, things on his own. Channels. I do it on my own. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rebel. Okay. Um, yeah, tell so us it, all about it. So first of all, download the SGPN app because you can click the contest link in there. And if you've already got it, just click the contest link. There will be exactly one live contest right now. And that one is only our uh, SGPN Dana White's Contender Series contest. It runs all 10 weeks. You're going to log in through there. You're going to make your picks. And uh, the winner is going to win a nice uh, SGPN uh, merch store gift card. So you're going to want to check that out. Uh, once again, you can get it exclusively in the app so go ahead and do that now plus uh, i got a tweet out now that'll remind you about it plus i'll be i'm gonna be spamming the discord with it too so if you're in the discord regularly particularly on fight night i'm gonna be reminding you to sign up for it then too spam 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 fantastic um so get in on that and we'll be telling you who to pick very very soon like i said two more episodes after this gumby that's right I can't wait. The Gumby God again. Maybe I wonder if I should make picks this year and, and make you look look horrible when I destroy you at it. Hmm. I mean, you just we, we pretended that you were going to do that one year and we just gave you the chalk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't want to take away Gumby's. This is his time of year that he gets to shine. So I don't want to take that away from you. It's the most wonderful this, time of the year. <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year. It's true. All right. We've got to talk about real UFC before then, Jan. We got UFC on ESPN, Sanhagen versus Font, a.k.a. UFC, Nashville. Not surprisingly, it comes to you for Nashville, Tennessee, the Bridgestone Arena. This is August 5th, and actually, it's not a young card. It's a 
pretty good uh, fight card. We did the prelims last episode, so get that in your ear holes if you haven't already. Um, this is the main card portion. I believe it is eight, is eight or nine o'clock start. I'm going to check for you right here. It is a nine o'clock p.m. start time. TSN in Canada, ESPN in the States. Um, and who knows? If you're in anywhere else in the world, it's up to you to figure it out because I, I don't know that. Um, <laughs> we, we've got six fights on the night. We actually, we, we're trending, like we're um, charting in Denmark for some reason too, Dan. So we do have listeners all over the world. Has, has there been a Danish fighter recently? I don't know, but it's been, a, it's been, I, I don't check that often, but I, I get actually monthly or weekly, I, I guess it is. I get a email telling me uh, about our chart positions and stuff. And it's, yeah, Denmark's been on there for a while now. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, no Dutch fighters on this uh, fight card, unfortunately, but it would be, um, Dan- get- they would be Danish from Denmark. That's right. The Dutch, Dutch come from Dutch the, Netherlands. the Netherlands. I'm sure we have Netherlands fighter listeners as well, but yes. There's a You're Dutch correct. fighter coming up on the contender series. Oh yeah? Yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Yo Yosri. What? His what his first say? name's Yosri. He's a kickboxer. Oh, okay. He's actually fought Adesanya and uh Michelle or uh Alex Pereira in uh kickboxing. He has a, a win over Pereira. A Dutch kickboxer? That's weird. Yeah, never seen it. Usually produce any kickboxers <laughs> there, huh? Yeah. Strange. Here we go again, just like last episode, right? Off the rails. Off the rails. All right, I'm going to bring it back by telling you about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard degen. Sign up for the Patreon to get ex- access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories Podcast and ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degens. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. That's the big thing there, folks. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right. Let's get into this card. Nine o'clock start. We will have first fight. In the cage will be lightweights Ignacio Bahamones versus Ludovic Klein. We will tell you about Klein first. Mr. Highlight is the nickname 19, 4 and 1, 8 knockouts, 8 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice, 3, 2 and 1 in the UFC, 2 0 oh, and 1 over his last three. He did draw in his last fight. He's fight at featherweight, so downweight class. He had, did miss weight there before, so now he's a lightweight. And he's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.23 strikes per minute, and he's at plus 185. La Hula, is it or is it La Jula? La, no, it's La Hula, is it not for Bahama Bahamondes's nickname, Dan? I, I don't G-A-U-L-A. know. G-A-U-L-A. You don't know? It it probably be Haula, yeah. The Haula, right. That means the cage. So that's the nickname. 14 and 4. Gumby didn't help me there at all. Nine knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted twice, three and one in the UFC. However, he's won three straight fights. He's not lost since April of 2021. He's missed weight a couple times because he's a very long boy for the weight class. So keep that in mind. Uh, 1-0 on the contender series. Used to fight at welterweight. Is a regional champion or was. Eight inches taller than Klein. Three inches reach. Two years younger. He's more than two times more active landing strikes than Klein is. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 3.42 strikes per minute. Minus 205. I tend to go first on the main card. Give me Baja Mondes. Way too big. 
for Klein. Um, and it's probably going to be a striking battle. I, I guess I guess Klein does grapple quite a bit, but hopefully it's a striking battle and uh, Mondes will use his superior striking ability and his length to get the job done here. Yeah, but like, you're, you're right. Maybe Klein will grapple a little bit. You, you could certainly throw that out there, but like kind of gave up more offensive or, or about the same offensive grappling to Jai Herbert as he got himself. Like Jai Herbert almost had three minutes of control time, had a takedown. So like, can you really say you're a really great grappler if you're out there getting out grappled or at least, you know, similarly grappled to Jai Herbert? Probably not. And Baja Mondays, the thing about why it's so hard to grapple Ignacio Baja Mondays is because he is long and he fights from so far away. You know, people knock Trey Ogden for not shooting more takedowns in that fight that they had back in April. And it was just like he was never anywhere near Baja Mondays to shoot those takedowns. So, you know, Baja Mondays has had 20 takedowns shot on him in the UFC. He's conceded one. He's conceded one takedown, and that dude had 20 seconds of control time. So on average, the person who shoots a takedown gets one second of control time on him for shooting a takedown. I don't think Klein is going to shoot many. I think he's going to throw with them. And if he does start shooting them, by the time he does, I think he's already going to be pieced up and tired. Um, Bahamunde is just a cleaner striker, stronger striker. Um, you know, we'd be talking about this kid as an undefeated UFC prospect if uh, he didn't lose that close split to John McDessie in an exciting striking match. And and I don't I don't rate Ludovic Klein anywhere near where I rate uh, John McDessie. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Bahamunde's here. I think he picks him apart. All righty, <clears throat> let's move to light heavyweights. Tanner Boser, Alexa Kamer, who you can hear on Gumby's Top Turtle podcast this week. Tell you about him first, Kamer. Six and two with five knockouts, has never been finishing a fight. One and two in the UFC, won his debut, dropped his last two. He's not fought since June of 2021. He's not won since January of 2020. Four years younger than Boser. Better striking stats and grappling stats than Boser, and he's more active landing strikes. Excuse me. Uh, Kamer has uh, outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.63 strikes per minute. He's at plus 140. Tanner, the bulldozer, Bozer, a Canadian, 29 and 1, 20-9-1, 11 knockouts, two submissions, been knocked out once. Only time he's been finishing the fight, four and five in the UFC. He's lost two straight and only won one of his last five. Got TKO'd in his last fight, which was his first at light heavyweight in the UFC. Is not one since June of 2021. Used to fight at heavyweight. Was a regional champion. 2012 pro MMA debut. Inch height, inch reach on Kamer. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.7 strikes per minute. Minus 150. It's Tanner Boser here. Uh, I know he's been on a bad run. I know it feels bad to knock a dude on a losing streak like this, right? Like, it's been a while since we saw him knock out Ovin St. Prue, which is his last win. Um, and he's, you know, one in four in his last five and lost to Rodrigo Nascimento. But like the bottom line is, is go back and watch Alexa Kamer. I know like you probably don't even remember what he looks like, but watch that fight against uh, Nicolay Nagumaranu. And just like he's flailing on the feet and he's throwing really wildly and wide and, and nothing comes down the middle and his hands never go back to his chin. And just like, there's so much to worry about from a defensive standpoint. And like, it, it's not like he's this big phenomenal knockout dude either. Right. Like he, he went 15 minutes with Justin Ledet and like, he would have kept going with Fabio Chiron if he didn't hit like a weird flying knee that kind of caught Chiron off, 
off uh, kilter. And apart from that, he's he's beaten a bunch of guys who have losing records. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I think Kamer is just kind of a wild man. And unless he spent the last two years getting sharper, I, I think Bolzer is going to pick him apart. Wouldn't be surprised if Bolzer finished him either. Um, because despite his uh, maybe not so good record, all three of his last three wins are by KO. Um, you know, and, and against Felipe Lins, who's not hard or easy to knock out, and Rafael Pessoa a little easier, Ovin Sepru much easier, but like he's got three straight knockouts. So I think as long as he goes in there and just takes advantage of Kamer being off balance, I think he'll he'll pop him one on the chin. I am fading the Canadian, Gumby. What do you think of that? You're picking a guy on two, a two-year layoff and who hasn't won since yep. Nam. Because like he, <clears throat> he has any sense i know he beat just i don't have any Ledette. faith in either of these guys that's the thing. he beat justin ledette over three like almost <laughs> almost ledette. four years ago uh yep. and justin ledette infamously was uh on a four fight losing streak in the ufc granted he, he kind of got shafted now looking at his record uh except for alexa Kamer, he fought johnny walker ray chich and dustin jacoby that's that's maybe not so fun um that's with that hair he deserved to stick around longer yeah he did beat chase sherman though <laughs> yeah yeah no it's i don't have much faith in either of these guys so i you know i'll i'll take a, a spin on the underdog why not but why? i think here, here's the thing i will say though i think tanner boser is all right my biggest concern with tanner boser is always just been like he obviously wasn't a heavyweight that's why he was losing yeah. those heavyweight fights now that yeah. he's at light heavyweight they gave him the guy who who is the most like a heavyweight in his debut in Ian Kudalaba, a wild man, super strong, strong like a heavyweight. Now they're giving him a guy who's like a little bit more flaily, and I, I don't know. Mm, I, I don't know that. I don't know that Kamer wrestles well enough to actually have to worry about. So yeah, I'm gonna go Bowser, but you, uh, you ride your your guy who hasn't won in three and a half years. Hey, I'm not putting. Yeah, Bowser hasn't won in what two years, so big difference but i'm not, almost twice not as a, long it is a big a, difference almost twice as long so many exaggerations but this is not going to be a play in real life fight is it we're not going to not going to play this we're not gonna i might this i might real, i might we? i might have something to tell you to bet on bozer a little bit later on boy you are a sicko you, you've got problems to ever not sponsored by that uh gambling hotline anymore but all right <laughs> let's drop way down to featherweights diego lopez who looks like brian wilson do you know who Brian Wilson is from the beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks just like a young Brian Wilson, a br <laughs> young Brazilian Brian Wilson. Young, Braza Tucker. young Brazilian Brian Wilson. There's your episode. Gonna, title. Uh, yeah, it is. I was going to call it flaily, but um, I just said something better. All right. Um, he's fighting another Canadian. Well, I fade two Canadians in a row. He's fighting Gavin Tucker from out east, the Maritimer. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you about... Governor first, which is Tucker's nickname. 13 and 2, four knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once. Four and two in the UFC. He's won three of his last four. Did get knocked out in his last fight, though. That was back in March of 2021. He's not won since December of 2020. So you got a lot of people gonna uh knock off the ring rust over the over these uh past two fights breaking down. Is or was a regional champ, has missed weight before, used to fight at lightweight, 2011 pro on May debut. Striking stats in his favor. He's he lands two times more strikes than Lopez does, and he has better grappling stats. And he has outstruck his UC opponents by 0.11 strikes per minute, plus 150. Lopez, 21 and 6, 8 knockouts, 11 submissions. He's been knocked out twice. 0-1 in the UFC, 0-1 in Contender Series. However, he's won two of his last three. However, he's only won two of his last five. Multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. 
Congrats. Get the shirt. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash store. You can, or win the contest. You can, uh, you can get it for free. Uh, used to fight down at Bantamweight 2012 pro MMA debut. He's also a pro grappler, five inches taller than Tucker, six inches reach, eight years younger. Uh, he's been outstruck over his UFC and contender series fights, by almost three strikes a minute, minus 2.98. Not good. No wonder he's 0-2 there. Minus 150. Yes, I am indeed fading another Canadian. Um, going against a way bigger, way younger fighter who uh, doesn't have all the ring rust that, that Tucker will have on him. Um, still don't know if Lopez is any good. I don't even know if, if this will prove if he's good or not, but I'll, I'll pick him in this fight. So I'm uh, I'm gonna take your honorary Canadian card here because I'm gonna wow, go back to taking both. I'm gonna take both the Canadians on this card. Um, you know, you're you're taking no Canadians. I'll take them both. No, uh, I think I'm Tucker is. I think Tucker's wildly underrated. Um, this is a guy who put it on Billy Quarantillo. He took Billy Quarantillo down seven times and dominated him there. You know, like he he's got incredible KO power when he is on the feet. And once he like engaged the idea that he is actually a phenomenal wrestler, which happened right around the Sung Woo Choi fight. Um, and, and he had like three fights in a row where he was steamrolling people with his wrestling and his jujitsu. Granted, he didn't get a chance to use that against Dan Ige. He just got hit on the way in on like the very first exchange. And I think there's like a little bit of a recency bias there because that's like not a good fight. And Diego Lopez, he's one of those guys who had a bright moment in a recent fight. You know, he lost to Movsar Evloev, but like, you know, some people were like, oh, maybe he won that fight. He didn't win that fight, first of all. He lost that fight. Um, but like, because he had a couple of bright moments, everybody was like, maybe maybe he's really good. And I think that's the only reason the line is where it is. Because if you told me there was a guy who went 0-2-1 contender series, he lost his UFC debut, he lost a Fury FC title fight, and his only two wins in the last so long... You know, two plus years, two and a half years. (laughs) The last so long. The last two and a half years were to a guy who is 10 and 10 and one who is 10 and 8. And somehow he's a plus 130, one plus plus 135 favorite here. Minus uh, 150. Minus what? What? 50. 150 is even worse. You're making me feel even worse. Yeah. Like that's an incredible line for a dude who's not winning. And yes, again, a couple of bright moments against Mobsar Evloin. Sure. That makes me real happy. I think Gavin Tucker is going to piece him up on the feet. <laughs> I think he's going to take him down. Make you real happy? You're being sarcastic. Well, it makes me real happy because this number comes in where it is on, oh, okay. on Gavin Tucker. Gavin oh, Tucker okay. winds up here with a fat plus number next to his name, and I think he's going to kill him. Uh, right. So, yeah, give, give me the governor. <laughs> I wouldn't be the most disappointed if the Canadians approved me wrong here. Um, so Gumby maybe we'll do a maybe we'll the, do a fade Jeff all Canadian parlay. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We're almost at that part of the podcast. First, I got to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props, and is available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests, and of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania Four, where first place gets you three million dollars. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Steve Gumby and I get back on the same page with a light heavyweight fight. I've actually heard who he picks here, so I know the answer already. Light heavyweights, Dustin Jacoby, Kennedy, and Zachukwu. I said it way better than your other co-host did, just for the record. Um, Dustin Jacoby, the Hanyak, or Hanyak. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a Polish word for hooligan. Yep, that's him. That's Jacoby. He was on your show what last week, and he's not a hooligan whatsoever. No, he's, he's a saint. Nice he's doing like charitable work for like yep. kids' hospitals True. and stuff. Yep, <laughs> he's a good good man. The Hanyak. All right, is he a good fighter? Let's break down his resume. Eighteen seven and one, eleven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Six four and one over two stints in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights. Before that, he had won four straight. One known contender series. He's fight at light heavyweight and at heavyweight. 0-2 in Bellator. Actually, is this light heavyweight? Or is this middleweight, right? No, it's no, light heavyweight. He's in a light heavyweight. He did yeah. not go back he's, there. Did he's he used to fight at middleweight or not? He did in his first stint in the UFC. Right. Okay. He like, fought at middleweight like and heavyweight. Ten, That's what I'm which is like 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, all right. So he's he's fought at middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. What I'm trying to tell you, he was 0 2 in Bellator, 0 1 in World Series of Fighting, was the CFFC champion. 2010 was his pro MMA debut, 10 and 8 in kickboxing, and a champion in that realm. 1 0 as a pro boxer, better striking stats than Ensign Shukwu, and he's more active landing strikes. And he has outstruck his UFC opponents and contender series opponent by 1.41 strikes per minute. He's at plus 140. Ensign Shukwu, the African savage, 12 and 3. Eight knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Six and three in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. Before that, he lost two straight fights. All of his wins have come via finish. All of, sorry, all of his most recent wins, the three straight wins, have come via finish. Two and zero on the Contender Series. Used fight at heavyweight. Two inches of height, seven inches reach on Jacoby. Four years younger than him. Better grappling stats, and he has outstruck his UFC component uh, and Contender Series opponents by 0.66 strikes per minute, minus one fifty. My turn? Your turn. Dustin Jacoby. Uh, me too, but I'm, yeah. I'm hesitant. Make me feel better. So I'm a little bit hesitant on this one too. I, I will say it's not my favorite dog in the card. But the thing about Kennedy is that he, he's got – he's had issues where he's hittable, right? Like really hittable. Like if you think about that fight with Carl Solberg, yes, he wins that fight at the end. But it's just because he took like – 10 minutes of damage from Carlos Allberg. It wasn't 10 minutes because he won in the second round. But like five minutes of damage from Carlos Allberg. And then when Allberg tired out, he returned that damage. Right? And so like I, I think the idea of Kenny and Zuchuku, he's he's a little bit of Homer Simpson uh, in the boxing episode. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, when he beats Boxcar Homer. Yeah, he beats Boxcar Joe. And like if you watch his some of his past fights, he did that with Danilo Marquez too. Right, like Danilo Marquez took his back for like a round and a half, maybe two rounds, and then he comes out in the third and is just gassed beyond belief. I mean, you could say a somewhat similar thing about Devin Clark. He's got a gas tank that makes it so when he is fighting somebody who is prone to gas themselves out, he'll beat him. 
That's not Dustin Jacoby. Dustin Jacoby is one of the most composed light heavyweights on the planet. He's crazy technical. He takes no risk that he doesn't need to take. And, and yeah, okay, so he sometimes he could use to open up a little bit more, but he does have good power. Like, he's gotten knockouts in two of his last four fights, or two of his last four wins, rather. I think he won that fight against Khalil Roundtree. I think that was a terrible decision. And I don't think Kennedy gives him any trouble in terms of grappling. Um, I'm not, like, worried about Kennedy and Zuku taking Dustin Jacoby down a bunch. Because, like, even though he's, like, a little bigger, he is bigger, right? Feels like he's bigger. Um, and Sushiku is seven inches of reach, two inches of height. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's a bigger guy. I, even though he's bigger, I don't. The the wrestling he brings, it doesn't strike me as being like so technical that it's going to get Dustin Jacoby down because Jacoby's got good wrestling defense. We saw it in the uh, Ion Kudalaba fight. So I, I think Jacoby is going to stop any takedowns he got brings. He's going to take advantage of the fact that he's like wide open to be hit all the time without also pouring it on constantly. Uh, looking for a finish. So, yeah, I, I think I think Jacoby is the right play here, especially because you're getting dog money on him. Okay. You sold me on it. Jacoby is the pick. He was going to be my pick regardless. Um, all right. Women's strawweights in the co-main event, a very good uh, co-main event for a fight night. Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez. Tell you about the former champ Andrade versus Bete Estasa, which is... Uh, power bomber, pile driver, pile driver, pile yeah. driver. Correct. 24 and 11, nine knockouts, eight submissions, but knocked out five times, submitted three times, 15 and nine in the UFC. However, she's lost two straight fights before that. She won three straight fights. Both of her most recent losses have come via finish. Used to be the champion of the world at uh strawweight used to fight up at flyweight and bantamweight 2011 pro MMA debut, more active landing strikes than Suarez. And she has outstruck her UFC opponents by 1.42 strikes per minute. She's at plus 350. Suarez, 9-0, two knockouts, four submissions. She won her last fight via submission. Uh, used to fight at flyweight. She's dropping down to strawweight for this fight. 3-0 in the Ultimate Fighter and was the champion of that. Was a regional champion as well. Uh, wrestling uh, world-class world champion medalist in wrestling. Also a BJJ champion four inches height four inches of reach on andrage better grappling stats not surprisingly and she has outstruck her ufc opponents by over three strikes a minute 3.01 strikes per minute minus 330 uh i'll take suarez surprise about the line we talked about this on a past episode um yeah i think suarez gets the job done not a, a fan of the line but obviously with uh, her physicality and wrestling I, I think she can handle andrage who perhaps is is uh finally starting to regress a bit, uh, having been finished in two straight fights. It's come down a little bit, though, I will say. You said negative 330? Yeah, uh, 330 yeah. is what I got it this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was 450 at one point. Um, you know, it, it's been up there. So that, that brings it down quite a bit. I will say, uh, so obviously I'm taking Suarez, too. Look, the, the biggest issue is Andrade just fought somebody who was a suffocating wrestler and good at jujitsu and look what happened. Now she's going to suck even more weight off of her fight. Somebody who's literally the same size is Aaron Blanchfield and who wants to do a similar thing. Maybe doesn't have the jujitsu of Aaron Blanchfield, but has the wrestling of Aaron Blanchfield. So like, why would I choose her to beat Aaron Blanchfield again after she just lost Aaron Blanchfield? So yeah, of course I'm taking Suarez. I will say one of the props I like in this one, um, and it's not going to be like one of my official props, but one that like, if you're looking for a way to make money on Tatiana Suarez, you've got no interest in laying negative three thirty. 
the spot is Tatiana Suarez by TKO. Uh, um, and, and let me okay. tell you why is because uh, unlike Aaron Blanchfield, who you usually want to look for sub props on Tatiana Suarez is fine getting on top of somebody and just letting their hands go. If she doesn't think she can get a rear naked choke or she doesn't think she can get in on an arm or she doesn't think she can get a gilly or a Darce or whatever she's looking for, she'll throw bombs. Like she did it to Carla Esparza, right? And and that's maybe probably the greatest analog you could draw here is because, yeah, of course she's going to guillotine Montana De La Rosa who's got a huge disadvantage or, um, I mean, she, I guess she rear naked choked Alexa Grasso who's pretty darn good. But like, of course she choked some of those ones who are a little less skilled, but Carla Esparza, who's good on the ground, who's who's really strong, who's really powerful. She couldn't get the choke in because the defense was there, but she could drop the bombs. Um, and she did until they stopped it against Esparza. Would not surprise me to see that done against Andrade. And that number right now for Suarez to win by TKO plus 540. So like if, if you're looking for a flyer and a way to make this fight like a little bit more interesting as you near midnight here on this card, you know, you could do worse than Suarez by TKO. All righty, there you go. Gumby told you how to how to play it and uh, make some money on it, hopefully. All right, main event time, catchweight fight, but that's okay. 140 pounds, Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Catchweight because Font is taking this on short notice. He's cutting his camp by what? A uh, couple two weeks. weeks, I think. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. But different opponent, obviously. And then he was expecting to fight. It was Sung Yadong, correct? Correct. <clears throat> yeah, Sanhagen. Sanhagen, there's not a lot of fighters like him as well so and court and, and song Dong is probably the most different <laughs> there you go all right let's break down the font first 20 and 6 nine knockouts four submissions he's been submitted once 10 and 5 in the ufc he's won one of his last three uh, before that he had won four straight so one and two and five and two are the records i got here for you uh one is last fight via tko Taking this on short notice, as I mentioned, has missed weight before in the past. So uh, this being at a catch weight, 140 pounds, you'd think he should be okay there. But nonetheless, keep an eye on that. He has fought at featherweight and lightweight before. Was a regional champion, 2011 pro MMA debut. Into reach on Sanhagen, more active lighting strikes and better grappling stats than Sanhagen. And he's got a very good strike differential of plus 2.43 strikes per minute. In the UFC, he's at plus 260. The Sandman, Corey Sanhagen, 16-4, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted once, only time he's been stopped in 20 fights. Nine and three in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. Before that, he lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. So 2-0, two 2-2, and oh, two and two, four and 2 Used to fight at Featherweight as well. Uh, regional champion, three inches of height over Font, five years younger. Uh, has outstruck his opponents by 2.08 strikes per minute. In the UFC, he's at minus 315. You got to go Corey Sanhagen here. Uh, you do. Uh, yeah. And like, yep. here, here's the thing. I, I know Rob Font's like a game opponent and like looking at a line where you see him in the high plus 200s, you're like, man, should he be a plus high 200s against anybody? But, you know, you just mentioned he cut his camp two weeks short and he's fighting somebody who could not be more different than the dude he's fighting. Right. Because he, he was supposed to fight Song Yudong, a guy who shorter. You know, only five foot eight versus I think we're talking about six foot for Corey Sanhagen. You know, the reach is way different. And in addition to that, they use the reach way different. Right. Song Yudong hooks trying to knock your head off. Corey Sanhagen's not trying to knock your head off, not unless he's throwing a flying knee or a spinning back kick. What he's trying to do is he's trying to poke and prod at you from way far away with a damn good jab and some straights and little, you know, digs to the body and stuff like that. He's really hard to get a hold of. 
Um, you know, I, on my other podcast this week, I referred to him as like a new age Dominic Cruz where he like, he's hard to get near. He's tall. He's lanky. He's low key, a decent wrestler. And like, I, I just think if you spend all that time in your training camp preparing for Song Dong, like the quick switch to being like, Hey, surprise, you're fighting five rounds against Corey Sanhagen, a guy who arguably beat TJ Dillashaw. I said, did beat TJ Dillashaw. I don't know that I would feel good about that last second switch. And it's great that he's getting a, a main event and he, that he stepped up and kind of saved this event from not having a, a real main event, so to speak. But like, I, I just think this is too much. I, I think it's too big of a switch. Yep. I am going with sending as well. He, he's a tough guy to fight on a, on a full camp. So um can't imagine on, on a half camp, probably with a full camp, I, I'd be picking Sanhagen here as well. Um, bigger guy, younger guy. Um, I think he's got, I think at this point in their career, he's a better fighter as well. All right, let's recap the main card. Then we'll give you our uh, locks, dogs, props, parlays. We both have San Hagen. We both have Suarez. Dan told you how to make money on that. Uh, both have Jacoby. I have Lopez. He has Tucker. I have Kamer. He has Bozer. We both have Baja Mondes. All right, I will kick the things off with the lock. I believe I'm the first to go this week. Give me Jeremiah Wells at minus 120 against Carlston Harris. Really like that number. Um, if you want to hear us break down that fight, uh, go back in episode to the prelim one. I don't have anything to say here other than the same. I, I don't. All right. Same. I can't believe that line is where it is. That's the easiest lock of the week. I, I think it's got to be Jeremiah Wells. So before you come running and rushing into the Discord five minutes yep. before the fights start and asking me <laughs> what my lock is, go yeah. ahead and listen to this little piece of advice right here, which is. Uh, I love Jeremiah Wells here, and uh, he might yep. pop up a little bit later on. I might talk about him some more. All righty. Ooh, he's teasing us. Okay, now I got to do a dog. We have actually quite a few dogs this week. Um, who do I like the best, though? I think I'm going to take Ode Osborne in the kickoff fight. Uh, he's fighting a newcomer whose name uh, ends in Ov, so people think he's going to destroy Ode Osborne because uh, uh, – of is usually someone who's who's a fantastic fighter. Now the, this guy, decent fighter, also Alma Bayoff is all right, but I think Ode Osborne is going to be a tough uh, fight for him. Um, much bigger guy, well-rounded fighter, a better striker as well. So full breakdown, obviously on the prelim podcast. But give me Ode Osborne. Is that plus one? You said one plus one sixty-four was the funny number that we had. Fun, fun number. Uh, I'm going to go yes. Gavin Tucker. Uh, I, I think Canadian I think, though, hooray. Yeah, I I think you got to bet the Canadian here, being that he's fighting a guy who is two and three in his last five, and has only beaten guys with terrible records in like Lux Fight League. Um, and in addition to that, just like I, I mean, he hits hard, and and uh, and Diego Lopez is maybe not fought anybody who looks quite like he does. All righty, now I got to give you a fancy pick. I forgot I have to do that as well. Um. What's uh, do you have? You have odds in front of you. I do. Yep. Uh, what's Suarez via submission? Uh, Suarez by submission is plus one twenty eight. Let's roll some dice on that. All right, one twenty eight. Suarez by submission. You're gonna go against my earlier claim to make sure to get well, her by knockout five forty. <laughs> what, what's what's the the inside I, I the distance the, the one? Is not, numbers. No, it's not cute. It's negative one seventy five. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with sub. Yeah. It almost feels like you got to kind of pick one. Um, Club and sub. So I, I've been through a whole bunch of knockout props that I love. I I might do, 
I might do a knockout round robin on this one um, mm, and, and throw Tatiana Suarez in there. One that I came close to picking. I'm going to throw it out there just into the the ethos so that you guys can enjoy it. I think Dustin Jacoby is going to get a knockout too. I think uh, Kennedy's just going to get a little crazy and he's going to hurt him. Uh, that one's plus 475. Not my wow. official. Yeah, not my official prop of the week. Uh, I just picked it though. No, my official prop of the week. I'm going to go uh, Ignacio Baja Mondays KO instead. Um, I think him and Ludovic Klein are just going to throw hands for 15 minutes. And uh, if that's the case, I like Baja Mondays to get him out of there with a KO. 350 on Baja Mondays, though. Fantastic. Yeah. So, like, all three of those numbers are great. And guess what? The Hungry Man John Parlay is also two KO picks. So I'm going to hit you with those Ooh. in a second, too. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Baja Mondays, Klein, fight of the night. You'd think, right? Um, I mean, I could see Corey Sanding and Rob Font stealing it. Like if, yeah, that's if, true. if yeah. there's a, and I'm sure there's some skeezy books out there who offer odds on who wins fight of the night, <laughs> yeah. but like if that one goes five rounds and Rob Font bleeds everywhere, it'll win fight of the night just because it went five rounds and he bled everywhere. Even though like arguably Baja Mondays versus Klein probably deserved it. I also think Billy Quarantillo versus Damon Jackson could kind of steal the show. Yeah. The, there's, there's quite a few. Um, yeah. Quite a few that could for sure. All right. Uh, recap. We both have Wells as our lock. Our dogs are Tucker and Osborne. And our prop plays are Baja Mondays, Knockout, and Suarez Sub. Now, time for the Hungry Man Jong Superfan Parlay to fight parlay, which will win us mucho money. Go ahead. So this one I almost put as my uh, my prop pick, but I saved it for the Hungry Man Jong. It's definitely something that you could play all by itself. And that's the reason I didn't want to put it in my prop is because it's already my lock. And that's Jeremiah Wells. Um, if you take Jeremiah Wells, who I already think is going to win and you put him by KO, you know, he's negative 120. You would think it'd probably only turn up a little bit because he's, you know, that's his favorite way to win. That's how he wins all the time. Plus 200 for Jeremiah Wells by knockout. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how that's a line that we're actually talking about, but it is Jeremiah Wells knockout plus 200. I'm going to play pair of that as I promised earlier on with another KO. I like Tanner Boser by knockout too. Uh, I know you're fading Canadians this week, but I am Tanner Boser fighting a guy coming off of not winning for almost four years and who's like insanely hittable. Tanner Boser has finished two of his last four wins or oh, no, I take that back. I got the, that's my Dustin Jacoby number. He's finished all three of his last wins with knockouts. I think Kamer's going to be there to hit and it's plus 285 for Boser to get it. Um, so if you pair those two together, you're going to get 1055. So, you know, in, in all together, I love Bowser KO. I love Wills KO. I love Bahamonde's KO. I love Jacoby KO. And I love Suarez KO. So there's like, there's KO props to be had this week. What if you put all those together? If I put all those together, um, we would have to uh, hold, please, while I pull up my, uh, you know, if I was in our Discord, which, by the way, everybody should be in our Discord, Sports Gambling Podcast. Yep dot com slash discord uh we actually have a widget in there that will calculate yep. it out for you did you know that it's true yeah, i do know that yep yeah it's, been it's there pretty a sick. while yep so yep. it's 350 yep 475 350 200 and 285 calculates out to um <laughs> 1343 to one <laughs> wow let's let's do it everyone yeah. do it put or, or like, savings on it. Like I said, I, I'm contemplating throw all four or all five of those into a, a little um, 
you know, like a pizza party, uh, yep. <laughs> a little Caspell pizza, pizza party. If you, yeah, if you remember that, Caspell pizza party. Oh, right, Caspell, sorry, not Caspel. Pat, Patchy Mix. I was thinking because Tati- his girlfriend, Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, Patchy, Patchy Mix will be in attendance this weekend. Yes. Um, yes. But no, if you threw those all in a little, you know, pizza party round robin there, you know, like each, you know, a dollar on each leg is going to cost you 25 bucks. And if you hit the whole thing, I mean, it, you're, you're going to have yourself a great night. <laughs> a great pizza party. That's a lot of pizza. Yeah. You're going to have, you're going to have more, yeah. you're going to have multiple pizzas in your choice of topping. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> fantastic. Hopefully you're having a pizza party as you're listening to this and you enjoy the episode. Um, we are out of here now, but we're going to be back Sunday. I guess we, we decided we're going to do two on Sunday now, right? We're doing two days. That's like good. That's correct. Are doing. That's yep. correct. We'll, Get ready. We'll hit you off first ready. with our recap. A recap of uh, this event and tell you how much money we won because we're going to win. And then we're going to do our Dana White Contender Series Week 1 preview. So uh, listen to that on Sunday. Um, told you about the Discord. Gumby told you about that. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter or X or whatever it's called at, at this time. It would be SGPNMMA. Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox writer. Hit up my Substack. stack. Uh, subscribe. Enter my Pick'em contest. Lots of good stuff in there peruse the site see if you enjoy it and you would like it in your inbox and support me it would be moneymma.substack.com and support gumby's other podcast top turtle mma podcast very good show this week he has the smother man cameron smotherman and he has alexa kamer on so listen to that and sportsgamblingpodcast.com is the place to be for all your sports gambling needs and obviously check out the patreon there as well and support that site all right gumby get us out of here all right i'm dana gumby freeland he's the canadian fader jeff fox and we will see you on sunday